0: It's a new year and it's time for new possibilities. And do we ever need them? Cricket Wireless can help you make the easy switch to the mobile plan that's right for you, starting at $30 a month. Smile and switch to Cricket. Activation and other fees and restrictions apply. Terms subject to change. See store for details. And lonely, I want to be loving you only. So many girls have crossed my path, but I could not last. I needed you. Won't you share my love? You pick me up when the world's down on me. Share my love. You ease my mind when I feel I can do no wrong with you by my side. Welcome to my life. Come on and share my love. I mean, be a part of my tomorrow put it into all my sorrow and pain come on and share my
1: (laughs) love i mean you just get so far you get so deep into the Mm. into the nostalgia like Mm -hmm. you really embody the essence and culture of the song that you sing it's really an experience we're gonna have to record these on video so that the people can really see you step into this persona that was ltd's share my
0: love uh shout out to jeffrey i loved him from the age of like seven you
1: absolutely have but yeah (laughs) praise the lord niggas welcome back to getting grown (laughs) i'm kia and that's jade i'm jade i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) what's happening
0: (laughs) i'm laughing at something at a very inappropriate time i'm sorry i'm jade hello praise the lord (laughs) yes
1: and we are back to talking about the worst hood we've ever endeavored to live in honey adulthood the ghetto the good the bad the ugly the test the trials the twisted turns temptations and the taxes of being a real live adult in the year of our Lord 2021! 2020. Yes, indeed. Uh, how are you doing, sis? You know, I'm, I'm,
0: um, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the world, and I'm just trying not to. Uh... Go on. I'm just trying, you know, not to allow that to uh, affect my day to days because, Listen. you know, that would that would just be that would just be a lot. But we have a we'll talk about that more in the kitchen table. How
1: are you? I am yet holding on. I am safe and I have all that I need right here in this house. And God I mean, is still good He's still good. I went to the eye doctor today. You know what? That's gonna be my petty peeve. Let's put a pin in that. Okay, all
0: cause I too went to the eye doctor.
1: I cause what are we old? All right, let's move on. Let's move on. (laughs) I don't want to get too deep down into. We got a little
0: trash to get into. Shall we get into that?
1: Let's push on into the trash receptacle.
0: It's so time well, for basura. Um, well, first and foremost, in the trash, we want to mm-hmm. re- we want to say rest in peace to Black Rob. Oh. He passed
1: away. I mean, literally, sad news. I mean, I knew it's that just, he was not doing well the last time I saw yeah. him. He was um. He was actually on the internet talking about his health issues. Oh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, learning that he had passed. Was you know, very very difficult news.
0: Yeah, that was sad. It's just not. It's just not a. It's a sad time right now, especially for New York rap. You know what I'm yeah. saying. It's a lot of. It's a lot of loss right now. Um, so you know, condolences and love to his friends and his family. We want to send that. Um, so, hmm, Bobby Brown was is going to be on the red table talk
1: so i'd heard about this latoya said that she watched it so i think that it already okay so
0: it's on there already is
1: available for our viewing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we didn't get into the details of it but she did say that you know bobby gets really candid yes so
0: from what i read because i have not watched it yet um from what i read Jada asked him if he blames uh the young man Nick Gordon for uh-huh. the death of Whitney and Bobby Christina. Whitney too. Um. Mhm. And he does. Oh, okay. Mhm. From what I read. Now we let's all go watch the interview. I'm gonna watch it. We can come back and talk about it. Maybe you'll watch it and we'll come back and talk about it next week. Mm. Uh but he said that, which is very it's that's just very that's very interesting. Maybe they should so, just let Whitney rest.
1: I would appreciate it. So, I mean, involved? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean? I don't know. Maybe I should just watch it. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I'm what, like, you're this right. Is a lot,
0: like, Let's table this Red Table was he Talk there? for next was, week. Was We're was gonna...
1: he, did he furnish the drugs? Like, I, I'm That's curious. what he, he
0: did. He does think that he furnished the drugs. That's where it came Got from. It. God. He said he furnished he you know he that he he believes he furnished the drugs that caused that caused both deaths. So um I see. Just let them rest. Just let them rest. Like it's Listen. it's such a a tragic ending for both and you know, so similar that it, maybe it's just time to let them rest. Or I, I don't mm. know, maybe this is work he needs to do. I don't know. We'll come back and talk about it after we watch it. Please so usher baby (laughs) there was (laughs) there was a slew of jokes going around on the internet the other day because allegedly usher tipped a bunch of uh dancers with usher bucks (laughs) now usher comes back and states that they were all they were paid in actual money like i guess later on they came they paid them actual dollar dollar bills y'all but initially they were throwing usher bucks
1: well yes did he say that it was something around promotion for his residency right why they created these usher bucks and so that's why they've been passing them around passing them around and yeah let me
0: explain something to you uh rich ass usher raymond uh (laughs) for regular niggas and like niggas who work to be able to you know we all work to put put a roof over our heads but for you know for your day-to-days who are really out here grinding and don't have a lot of the privileges that you have i guarantee you you put some shit in a nigga's hand that looks like money but it's not they're gonna be bigly irritated about that Mm. Bigly irritated. Like very like beat your ass irritated. <laughs> so <laughs> so that might not be the best promotion. I don't know who your marketing team is, but you all might want to circle back and regroup. Y'all know y'all love to use a circle back and regroup. So y'all might need to circle back and regroup because that sounds like a failed plan to me. Don't throw nothing in my hand that is not money and looks like it.
1: Yowza, yowza, yowza.
0: That's just how I feel about that. Um, What else do we have on this here trash? I don't want to actually talk about that. I'm sorry. I had something else on here, but I want to keep it kind of light. Oh, Puffy. Mm. (laughs) So Puffy, I guess, wrote a letter. He was blasting GM. General Motors. Yeah. Yeah. And wrote okay. a letter talking about how large corporations—I
1: mean uh, pots and kettles—okay, did he got a lot of nerve?
0: Basically, okay. So the Grio has—I'm gonna put it in—I'm put it in the description box. The Grio has an article. If you love us, pay us, right? And this is a this is a love letter from Puffy, basically letting these large corporations know that if you really care about Black people, you would pay Black people. Like he has said, I I just this was such a such a pot kettle situation like isn't there a trail of uh career lifeless bodies behind you (laughs) of niggas who were supposed to have been paid supposed to have grown all types of things and i'm not gonna tell you what the number one i'm not gonna tell you the very controversial thing that i think right now but Mm. isn't there like there's a trail of career bodies behind him so what is he talking about? Who even That you knows? are not the person who needs to be speaking up <laughs> on behalf of
1: black people getting paid. You know, the last one, you might want to pipe down. Like pots and kettles, honestly, truly. If anything, let's let's
0: get all the, 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 the content creators together. I'd like to ban all of you together behind me. I'm happy to call out a bunch of companies about how y'all like to reach out to people and inquire about their services and all these this and that's. And then you don't even have the decency to respond anymore, or you just fall off the face of the earth or you expect people to do things for free. Like we can have those types of conversations. What I don't want to talk about or or hear from is Sean Puffy Combs (laughs) about anybody paying anybody. I just found that to be quite rich. Blood um, right now. but that's it for the trash. I had one other thing, but I I don't I don't wanna bring down the the energy <clears> of the show. So I think we shall move over into a shout out. What say you, sister? I'm ready. This sister's popping right now, like. So our shout out this week. Um, well, first and foremost, I wanted to shout out last week, which I found out after the fact was Black Maternal Health Week. Oh, I didn't know Black Maternal Health Week was a thing, but I was so glad to find out that it was because there's so many of us who have had really scary uh, birthing stories or pregnancy stories. Mm. And we already know about um, how the healthcare system is not set up for black women for us to succeed. Right. They don't they put things in practice that are not in the best interest of us, our health. They don't listen to us. They don't listen to our questions, which then leads to. Uh, lives lost right whether that be our babies or ourselves so I love that black maternal health week is a thing Um, and I wanted to shout out I came across Carol's daughter so Mm -hmm. everybody knows Carol's daughter um carol's daughter was hosting a series of conversation under the name love delivered and i'll make sure that this link is posted in the description box but uh they say and i'm quoting directly from the site as maternal mortality rates continue to disproportionately impact our community it's important that we a brand built on the love between a mother and a daughter are helping to lead the charge for public awareness and advocacy for black mothers so that's why over the next three years we will raise awareness about black maternal health amongst 100 million people and directly engage 10,000 people to be advocates for black birthing people and babies through Love Delivered. So I'm going to put the um, the link in the description box for Love Delivered, but I thought this was such a dope concept uh, because these are such necessary conversations and – maybe this will do something to help kind of shift things in the healthcare field where black women are heard and our health is being put where it should be. Okay. So um, again, that link will be in the description box so you can check out in more depth about love delivered. But I wanted to bring attention to that. I love that. That's and I think now we have,
1: A really, really dope kitchen table talk to get into. So you think
0: we should head that direction, sister?
1: I think we should, man. I think we, I don't know if we formally introduce our, um, our guests. We kind of jumped right into the conversation. So guys, we are really pleased and excited to, um, to invite to the kitchen table D-Ray McKesson. Came to kick it with us at the kitchen table to have an awesome dynamic conversation about um, some awesome work that he's doing around police violence, uh, mm-hmm. tra- change police unions, combating police unions, uh, addressing issues of, of unfair policing, all kinds of legislation and uh, political and activism work that he's engaged in through his organization Campaign Zero. Um, and so we had an awesome conversation about that, about getting involved um, and, and just being more informed and aware of what's going on in the world as it relates to these, um, you know, hist- the, the legacy of uh, police mm-hmm. killings that is what we're dealing with in this country. But we have an awesome time at the kitchen table. Y'all be sure to, to check, out, check it out and listen. Also make sure that you look in the description box where you can get more access to links so you can do some more reading and research yep. around um d ray and some of the awesome work that he's doing through campaign zero and just how to follow him on socials um generally so let's get on over to the kitchen table and into this good good conversation chat
0: here's a hot take your bank account should work with you not against you y'all are not enemies right chime is an award-winning app and debit card with no hidden fees or monthly minimums After all, you earned earned your money, so you deserve to keep it. Fee-free overdraft on up to $100 in debit purchases with SpotMe. It's like overdraft protection, but better. Get your paycheck, benefits, stimulus check, and tax return up to two days earlier with direct deposit. There's no hidden fees or monthly minimums, plus 38,000 fee-free ATMs with MoneyPass and Visa Plus Alliance. With security, you can turn on alerts to let you know when your card is being used and instantly block your card if something seems off. And save on autopilot when you sign up for a Chime spending account, which is required. You can enroll in an optional savings account and grow your savings automatically with 0.5% annual percentage yield, which is 10 times the national average. Join the millions on Chime. Sign up takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score apply now at chime.com slash gg that's chime.com slash gg Chime is a financial technology company. Banking services provided by the Bank Court Bank or Stride Bank NA members, FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to 100 dollars by Chime. Early direct deposit depends on the payer. Out of network cash withdrawal fees apply. Third party and cash deposit fee may apply. Go to Chime.com slash GG
1: for details. All right, praise the Lord, nigga. Welcome.
0: Oh. <laughs> no, please.
1: <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome blacks. We are here at the kitchen mm. table and we have very, very important business to attend to. Uh, we are very pleased to welcome our close friend to the show. It is an honor in to real be here. Life. honor to be here. Woo-woo. Oh my gosh. Everybody say hey to DeRay McKesson. Hey. He is Woo-woo. not wearing his blue vest. He looks adorable. His vest. I just love this. What is this? Is this Cookie Monster on your What is this? Donald, Donald Duck. Doug. Oh, That's Donald Duck. I just,
2: oh, and I got
0: Chippendales. We look like an iceberg Mm -hmm. ad. Me and DeRay over here looking like 2002.
2: (laughs) The vest is here, but I couldn't wear a hoodie. And the vest is a lot. No, no, I would have talked about you. People don't realize the vest is actually down. People think it's a windbreaker. It's down, it's actually warm. I knew knew it was warm, warm. DeRay, you because you wore it to my wedding.
0: I said, I know he's hot.
1: I was, wedding. I was a good wedding Listen. photographer too. I,
2: I will give myself was. <laughs> a pat <laughs> on the back. The they was like, All You know her credit. well? Nope. Nope. But I'm at the wedding <laughs> booth. They was like, You know Duray? I was and
0: like, we Nah, had an that was XDS we had an amazing plus amazing one, time. but we cool
1: now. <laughs> we had an amazing time. All the photos. It was such, such a good it time. Was. It was such a good time. But yes, how are you doing, friend? What's going I'm on? I'm good.
2: This is a wild week, as you know. It's like the. You know, it's one of those things people don't realize that the police as of today have killed over 300 people in 2021. You just know one story, Dante, right? So it's like it is it's sort of wild to sit in this work every day and then see these like highs and lows of it becoming a story Mm -hmm. and I worry a little bit that like while the awareness is really important I think that and totally push me if you disagree I think that people get a little hopeless in this like people get really aware but they also are like well it, it is what it is and like that scares me a little bit.
1: For sure. Yeah. The power it's like you feel powerless mm-hmm. right. to to this thing that is to me what strikes me all the time is like it's clear with every case, um, and and with every you know, even the the more notorious case, the cases that get all of the press. But, you know, every every little insight that we get into um any of the details of these case to me just sort of reveals the machine that is behind mm-hmm the police that is it, and it seems like this this big huge like for centuries this factory has been producing these very same mm-hmm. outcomes and so in the face of that it it can very easily feel like what can me and my little uh, you know righteous indignation do to help contribute to some of this any of this um, and that is a hard place to be, right because we just the the newsreel mm-hmm. you know every day brings about another you know some more awareness of something else that's going on in this in this country. But we brought you here today because um, in, in hopes to just I think information is one of the major major tools that we have in terms of you know empowerment and what what and, and understanding how we can um, you know support things. So I wanted to bring you here to talk about the awesome work that you're doing with Campaign Zero, all the the, the dope awareness that you've been raising locally, nationally, globally, around around um police unions, mm-hmm. police killings, these kinds of things. So welcome, man. I, I you and I had the opportunity to touch bases a few weeks ago, which was great. Um, and just sort of like connect and, and catch up, but you shared some some of what's been going on there at Campaign zero, zero. And I was like, we gotta have him on the show because I think more and more people need to know about what you're doing. So can you for like give us give us a, give us us a an overview, a quick overview of Campaign Zero, what you've been doing, um, and then we'll get into some more specific questions.
2: You see, the quick and dirty is that we called it Campaign Zero because we were like, we can live in a world where the police don't kill people. We can get to zero. Mm-hmm. We can do that in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. This is not a 500 year thing. This isn't a 700 year thing. We can do this. Uh, by the time Noah gets old, we got this, right? Like that is what we believe, right? right? That's what I love. Uh, So a couple things that that people don't know. People don't realize the police kill more people in the suburbs than almost all other communities combined. It's not cities. People think it's cities. It's not. So Brooklyn Center, where Daunte Wright got killed, Mm -hmm. suburbs. Ferguson, Mm -hmm. suburbs. Kenosha, where Jacob Blake got shot, suburbs, right? And when you look at the graph, it's actually not even close. Like the suburbs are a real problem. People also look at, Mm. and you know, 2020, all the protests, all the conversation, the police actually killed more people in 2020 than every single year of data we have but 2018. 2020, from a numbers perspective, was not a win. Wow, And I say that because people think that a change in conversation is a change in outcomes and it's not, you know, like we did Mm. 2020 change the conversation. It sure did. And the police were un. They didn't change. They were unfazed. Right. (laughs) They did this. They killed more people. So those two things sort of ground us. And we track the numbers. You know, St. Louis has the highest rate of police violence in the country. Phoenix, Albuquerque. uh, There were a, a couple years ago, one in three homicides in Albuquerque was committed by an officer. In Phoenix, one in five homicides was committed by an officer. We just did an analysis the other day uh, that showed that Chicago PD actually kills more kids under the age of 18 than any police department in the United States. You know, so the data is helps us understand like where the problems are. In terms of solutions, there the frame that I always think of is: imagine if you had a job where the worst consequence was going to a training or getting a camera. Mm. You do whatever you hmm. wanted to do. Like, could you imagine right. if you walked into work? Beat up some kids, killed some people, and they were like, you know what, Jade, go to training. You'd be like, okay, cool. Like, that is actually what policing is, <laughs> you know? And Jade, I'll put you. And, wow. Jade, I'll put you on the spot. Uh, out of, the police kill, on average, 1,100 people a year. Mm-hmm. What is the highest number of convictions you think we've ever gotten? So 1,100 people get killed by the police oh, a, in year. a year. Oh, in a year? What's the highest number of convictions in a year you think we've gotten? I'm going to be real honest. One. One is more of the years, but the highest number ever is 11. Okay. Most of the years are like one, two, three. 1100 people killed and the highest you get is 11. That's 1%. The high, I mean, so the system is truly not built for there to be accountability and justice. Now, to, give, to your point, I don't, um, you know, I always worry about this. When people say, well, the system was built like this, it was, uh, you know, it was, a remnant of slave patrols, all those things are true. I never participate mm-hmm. in those arguments though, so, and I totally push me if you disagree, because I, I don't know what political work that helps us do, is that when people, when I see people hear that, I see people take that as like, it's been around for so long, it'll always be here. Like mm-hmm. that that yeah. like sets people up to be defeated. But more importantly, I think this idea of like, sort of the core idea is that what it was is what it will always be, right? That's sort of like the notion. Mm-hmm once you mm-hmm. take that logic and apply it to black people which is what white people do to us mm-hmm. like that logic is that logic is logic we shouldn't participate in right you from the hood mm. you always gonna be uh no good da-da-da. Right. you right. grew up right. poor right. and da. like that logic of the right. like how it began is how it will always be is actually like a bad logic mm-hmm. you know what i mean it
0: yeah. gives no it, it offers and no of
2: hope as, no no I, solve no solution yeah and many of us
1: many of us stand as proof positive that it is not that it's faulty
2: right so that's not that's not a defense of the police but it's like we've taken bad things before and we have transformed them into something else right we have seen people at their worst we've seen people be truly not people we would ever be in community with and we have seen them make Mm -hmm. changes that change you know what i mean we've that's the story of our people right we have I think about being the child right. of two drug addicts. It's like, I have seen people hit rock bottom mm-hmm. and come out on the other side, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can't participate in a logic that says the way you were is the way you'll always be. Like, I, And we frankly don't need that logic to win, you know? Nor so do that we is deserve the... For the,
0: for mm-hmm. to live in a world like that. So as a black person, I don't want to live in a world where there's no solve or no solution. But let me ask, so let me ask you this. So in Campaign Zero, you guys go and meet with with uh, chiefs and unions and, and all of that, right? Those all those all these people.
2: We meet with all the people. The unions don't really want to meet with us because we lead the nation's work, challenging them. Mm-hmm. So they are the least excited about us, right? Uh, and then we do see right. we do see chiefs and legislators and stuff like that. What
0: when you have these types of conversations and you call them out on the bullshit that we all see, uh, whether it be um, broken window offenses or things like that. What Like, what is their response to these things? How are they even responding to, to campaign zero? Am I making any sense in the questions that I'm asking?
2: Yeah, yeah, some of it is, like, even I learned a lot this legislative session. So, did you know that, like, um, Nevada and Texas, for instance, the legislatures are only open every other year? Mm. Hmm. So, if you don't get your little bill in now, mm-hmm. you, got a, you got a whole lot of waiting to do, right? Or mm. Maryland, hmm. they only have 90 days to pass all the bills, 90 days. So, it's a, the 90 days just ended. So, it's a wrap. So... No matter yeah. what happens in Maryland today, we got to wait until next January before we can get any new legislation. See, that's so, so some antiquated. Of like this... Nuts, right? So some of it is like <laughs> the system is not really. So like all these protests happening now in Maryland, the best case is a January bill. Wow. Right. so there are a lot of places where like you know the police are super organized they lobby if anything what we deal with in the room with legislators is that the police are really good fear mongers so so I'll give you a brief no knock you know what a no knock warrant is Mm -hmm. Breonna Taylor got killed Mm -hmm. now the the trick is Mm -hmm. that you actually don't need a no knock warrant to do a no knock raid there are two types of warrants there's a no knock warrant which you know and then there's a basic warrant called a knock and announce which you've seen on TV that's Mm -hmm. the hello Jade I have a warrant to search your house Mm -hmm. and you're like show me the warrant and then Mm -hmm. I come in that's a knock and announce like I knocked in the came in right now fun Functionally, they're the same. A no-knock, I break into your door and say I'm the police. I knock and announce, I say police, and then the next two seconds I break in. Mm-hmm. They're the same. So, so to fix right. it, we there are a lot of things we need to do, but we need to restrict the execution of all search warrants. It's actually not just a no-knock warrant thing. So when we come in the room and we say the police should be legally required to wait 30 seconds before they enter somebody's home, what the police will say to us is, you're going to get me killed. And we're like, what? And they're like, if we have to yeah. wait people are gonna kill us. And you're like, 30 seconds is, I mean, 30 seconds is not even a lot of time. Like that is a basic, or when we say, you should not be able to do any search warrant in plain clothes. Every search warrant should have to be executed in a police, which we think is like a lukewarm demand. That's not even crazy. Yeah. Very reasonable, reasonable. The police say, you'll get me killed. That if they know I'm the police, they'll shoot us. And we're like, no, if a bunch of white guys roll up on my house with guns, let me I tell you shoot something. You just a nigga, did...
0: if, if, a, if a man named Hank in a tall t shows up at my door trying to strong arm <laughs> oh me, and I don't know you, I am going to fuck you up.
1: What do you mean? Yes.
2: <laughs> so that's a lot of what we deal. It's like though, those things are the things that. So we walk in the room and we're like, "Hey, legislator Jade, could you get to your front door in thirty seconds without running?" And you're like, no, you know? So we do a lot of that in the Mm -hmm. room, but the police are just like really good fear. So it's never like a good logical argument or in Maryland what they did, we're trying to make all the police officer records public. Mm -hmm. And what the police did is that they said to the legislators, well, we should make every ethics complaint against you public. Hmm. So then the legislators are like, well, you know, we don't want the complaints against us. So we get, so then now, now I'm having to do all this research about ethics. You know, it's like the police are good at it though. They're like very good at this like slow roll of fear that's like their main power.
1: I feel like, yeah, well, I was going to say that to me, like even in, in understanding and thinking about, like, even if you, if you listen to, you know, all of the people who have shot, and killed mm. folk right the first thing that they say is that they were afraid or they felt threatened or you know it was an accident they were anxious and blah 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 it seems i i had never i had never known that the police was so scary right <laughs> about about all things right, right? it seems it seems like that that's the running rhetoric like you know it's always about keeping them safe and them fearing for their life or they're perceiving some threat from civilians and not the other way around um, when they are the ones who are coming into places who are he- heavily armed. Yeah, like they armed, put these right? little rookies. You got, that,
0: you got that little boy, that little rookie from Oregon or wherever, the Wisconsin, wherever the fuck he was from, and then you put him in the pink houses in East New York, and he gets scared, shook all of a sudden, and shoots somebody who's not right. in a stairwell. Like w- this is where I'm like, okay, and I think what you all are doing is extremely important work I am just trying to figure out on a small level, like dealing with these cops one-on-one, how do we, how is change going to come about when so many of them are such fucking assholes, they don't want to
2: change. And I know that's yeah, I think that, like, hard, but yeah, I think about like, um, what's a good example. It's like, you know, when people talk to me about training and body cameras, like imagine Jade, Jade, you're a mom. Imagine if, Somebody, a teacher, kicked your kid down the stairs at school. Mm-hmm. A teacher, you go up to the school like, "Hey, what are we doing about that teacher?" Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Principal Takia said to you, "You know what? We're gonna send her to training," you would be like, "Absolutely <laughs> insufficient." There's like, there's no, like, like you <laughs> got to <build>. go. <laughs> there's no <laughs> world where that would be a, an acceptable solution to you. Or if Principal Takia said, "You know what? I'm really sorry they kicked your kid down the stairs. I'm gonna put a." camera in the classroom camera you would be mm-hmm. like there's not a world where you would be like that's okay do you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. no it's not
1: and neither are preventative in in any way shape yeah. form or fashion there's no they're, and they're and they're so reactionary mm-hmm. right it's so like in case i'm gonna put a camera in so in case it happens again we'll at least have proof of it because i don't even really believe that it's happening yeah. but we'll see like that's the that's the posturing behind it and so i want to know as you like you know as a team campaign zero, you doing this data collection, you're meeting with these decision makers um, and having these conversations. How do you guys strategize toward like, you know how to go about this, this, this problem? How do you, is there a way or a system that you have of like finding like, you know, Because to me, it's like this is like the big elephant, right? And it's like, you know, you eat the elephant one bite at a time. How do you guys decide where to start? So
2: we love one bite at a time. So there are two ways that we'd say that. One bite at a time could either be one bite after another. We think we won't win that way. Uh, because the elephant Mm -hmm. will heal, right? Bite Mm -hmm. in January, bite in July, the the elephant's fine. Mm -hmm. We think that it's everybody bites at the same time. This is a full court press. So we are like a million strategies all at once. Mm -hmm. So we only Mm -hmm. do things that people haven't organized around and we only do things that we think are structural. Like because the structure is the only thing that operates at scale. So in New York, for instance, the charter of the city gives the police commissioner the sole power to discipline all 30,000 officers. Only he can do it, which is a crazy thing. So, you know, one person being in charge of all the discipline, as you can imagine, not a lot of people get disciplined because mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not like a real right. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, we're interested in those sort of things. Like, what does that look like? How do you move it? How do you. Uh, some places we work directly with activists, some places we work directly with legislators, some places, you know, we work directly with the think tank, but we are sort of interested in the mm-hmm. details. So, in Maryland, we helped write a lot of that language mm-hmm. and we had already did the no knocks stuff so we work with the speaker of the house and we like worked with her team and we work with people on the discipline matrix like we did those sort of things because we sort of get into the weeds like that's our bread and butter and we made a lot of big we made big bets in 2015 around we thought police unions were a big deal people laughed at us now everybody's like police unions we like mm-hmm. we told you <laughs> uh, we thought use of force policies mm-hmm. were a big deal and like we were right you know so so that's sort of what guides us and the no-knocks you know i saw i saw everything happening after People after Breonna Taylor was killed, and I was like, Well, what could stop the next killing? Right. And that, that's how we started doing the no knock thing. And we also thought that banning no knock warrants was like the big win. And then we did more research and we were like, Banning no knock warrants is going to have no effect. Like, it, it won't, the police don't need a no knock warrant to do a no knock raid, right? That was like mm-hmm. our big takeaway. So then we started to build. So, like, today I actually had a call in Maine because in Maine, they're trying to do a no knock bill. And you're like, Cool. So, we're working with a group of activists and the legislator. She is in, she's sort of working with these activists, and we are like their technical assistance provider. So it's cool. It's like good. And, um, but it is like, you know, if there's anything I'd say to you, both of you is that uh, you have far more power than you think the system will never ever tell you how much power you have. And it takes people right. like calling their random city council. Per- Cause all this stuff is local. Like your city council people should be not able to sleep at night. You know, mm-hmm. like we should be stressing. So right. like in New York, for instance, this is a real thing. The New York city medical examiner has more names and IDs of people killed by the NYPD than we do. Wow. because hmm. in like in the country, if you get killed by a police officer, uh the police department doesn't just release those names, So we only know that you got killed from newspaper reports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know for mm-hmm. a fact that the number that the New York City Medical examiner has is higher than the number we all have, so they're not all being and reported. she and she said she de Blasio's like, "I won't release it, and she's like, i won't release it." And you're like, that is crazy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. and that's basic,
0: yeah. The Blasio gets on my fucking nerves. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it gets on my goddamn nerves. But it gets really oh hard goodness, in situations. I'm going to be real transparent with you all. Um, we're home yesterday. You know, it's Sunday. We're having our Sunday. And all of a sudden, I hear rumbling upstairs. My neighbors are fighting. They are fighting, going to town, and they're screaming. And there was literally a moment where I heard somebody scream, call the police and paused and was like, I hear somebody yelling to call the police. And then there's also a fear that these police are gonna bust up in that house and maybe kill the wrong person. Like put in, being put in those types of situations where we are not able to call the people who are supposed to be there to protect is frustrating. And I applaud you for all of this work you all are doing because the, the structural the foundation is where the problem is. Um. And I'm glad you brought up, uh, you know, brought up quickly a lot of these things that you're working on simultaneously because I want to talk about compensation a little bit.
2: Before you do that, let me just acknowledge Please, that, like, the tension the tension that you just acknowledge is actually I wish we were more honest about that mm-hmm. in public because the police becomes mm-hmm. this really theoretical thing. and And you're like. No, there are moments when you need an intervention. Yes. And you're like, who's intervening? Right. So I think that that is actually the que- I think the question is not police or no police. I think that's like a losing frame. I don't know how we win that. Mm-hmm. I think the question is rooted in we'll fix all the things There will always be conflict and they'll always be harm. People won't get along and some of that not getting along will cause somebody to be harmed. Right. Mm-hmm. The question right. is who intervenes in the conflict? who responds to the harm? Like, that's really what we're trying to get right, to, right? Right. Does somebody right, with a gun sure. need to be always a person to respond to conflict? No. Does somebody with no. a gun need to always be the person to respond to harm? But what you're noting in your situation is that, like, sometimes you need somebody to intervene. Like, that's a mm-hmm. real thing, right? Mm-hmm. So how do, we, sure. how do we start to be imagine all that the differently? Time. Right. It's not going to be you. That's <laughs> not safe for you either, right? There should be it people who, like, you. Right. Who specialize in this. And how do we start to just be honest about, like, I think there's a set of people who who I think theorize it so much that they're not honest about the fact that we will need an intervention in some harm that is greater than, like, you and me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we also, like, don't need people with guns to respond to everything. And I think that's honest. And I think the hard thing about this sort of transition from police right now is that we don't, and you live through this with your experience. We don't have a good scaled solution where you could call somebody else, right. Mm-hmm. Who could come right. in and, and like, we got to build that. So like, it's one thing to talk about how this doesn't work, but we actually have to build like an alternative, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah we need to talk. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because the reason why that even popped up in my head, the first moment is because I remember when, um, you know, the the the, pro, the protests were going on last year, you know, in June, yep. and they set up all these barricades all over the place. You know, police nationally were getting themselves ready for what was going on, but in New York it was about to be a thing, right? So mm-hmm. I remember them setting up barricades, and it would literally be police behind these barricades, slapping their wands in their hands, just doing things to intimidate people in the neighborhood as if to say i know this shit is getting ready to go down tonight and if you all fucking try it we're right here and it wasn't a a energy of of any unity or you know we had the whole situation with george floyd and they're just like nah we ready to fuck the rest of you niggas up too you see what i'm saying so it is it's hard. I sat there yesterday and I was like, yo, I don't know what to do right now. I'm going to be real honest. I do not know what to do because these are the types of people that are policing our areas. For sure.
1: I wonder if there are containers where these conversations can be had, right? Cause so, so a concern that I have is like, you know, this kind of stuff. I hate to say it this way, but it's kind of trendy now, right? So like you turn on any television show and there's a scene where there's somebody getting stopped by police or there's a police sort of situation. It's on Queen Sugar, it's on Grey's Anatomy everywhere. There's the black character. There's some sort of police intervention. And while I feel like it is good, you know, to a degree, you know, because our imitates life. And right, we have to talk about these things truthfully as they happen. My concern though is, you know, as this is like, it may in some case be raising the awareness of some white person who has not lived this perspective and, you know, it might be them seeing it on, you know, Big Little Lies will help them to get some more understanding. But my my concern is to your point about us, you know, over-theorizing and remaining in these real theoretical abstractions, at what point do we sit down and start to have some of these practical conversations about how to affect some of this change that's so necessary um and i'm just wondering are there any containers and i mean if if not you know i'm not saying that you have to create them but <laughs> i'm just doesn't. curious is that are there places where people can come and really talk about these things at local levels state levels otherwise like if if i have some questions if there are things that i want to learn um or or, or ways that i want to even you know you know, if I'm a white person and I want to be an ally in some kind of way, but I don't know how to get engaged. Like, are are there spaces where these kinds of conversations are happening? Do you know? Yeah, I
2: think they are. But I think your question just like highlights to me how we need more of them, and we need them that aren't so organizery, activisty, right? Yes, convoluted like in vocabulary. Wouldn't yeah like we need the we need people like you jay to be like well this happened in my house i need we real niggas or, like, to how... talk
0: to me in ways that i understand <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, how do we brainstorm <laughs> you know like that's it so i'm gonna take that as like homework i think that we do need more spaces i think people are thinking about it but you know this is why i always get nervous about people being so pumped about the protest because and i say this is somebody who was there on day one blah, blah blah is um you know you look at you look at the civil rights movement to today we got a lot of wins right we got like Women's rights, uh education. The police, though, are the only institution that's only gotten more power over the time, not less. Like, there's not a moment where Mm -hmm. we're like, "Whoa, we really got the police!" Like, that didn't. Mm -hmm. That era didn't Mm -hmm. happen, right? Mm -hmm. So we've seen this, like, you know, people think that we're winning, but now we have the numbers, and we're like, "Nope, killing more people." You look at the data from just this year. The police are like on track. Like, it's not. It's not like this year is like. Less killings, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So that I saw the post that you guys put up that it's only been
1: three days in this in this year where someone hasn't gotten that's killed. Right. Yeah, you're like, Yeah, that's Which which from last year. I remembered that because I went back and looked, like at the end of twenty twenty, you guys said that you guys posted that there were only eighteen days in twenty twenty where somebody didn't get yeah. shot. And so we're like you said. We are right on track right on to track. either either meet or beat that number in 2021. Yeah,
2: so that's why I get nervous. when people are like, "Wow!" Or like the TV show. You know, that's what, this is my frustration with celebrity. And I know a lot of celebrities and da da da, is that the things that will actually change the system are risky because when we poll people, people like the police. People say what Jade said. They say, mm-hmm. "Don't love them. I might need to call them someday, but I don't want them to kill me." Right. People don't hate, the only place that people hate the police is the internet. When we poll people in any community, people like the police. Now, when we ask them, would you change this, They everybody agrees. They're like, would you move the money? Yes. Would you make it easier to fire them? Like all the, but people like the police. I say that because I, I was just somewhere with um, some NBA players and we were trying to convince them and they're like, well, this is too political. I don't want to say anything against them. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, for all the celebrity involvement, mm-hmm. when the rubber hits the road about actually addressing the police, union power, actually being in the room, lobbying to like, it's not a lot of people who will put something on the line because they get nervous about like their own thing. So they'll participate in reposting the flyer. But when we need you to call mm-hmm. the governor of Virginia because you know him, people aren't doing that, you know, like they're not
1: yeah
0: that's unfortunate because i don't trust wow. them niggas and i tell them that i had one being real nice to me and noah in the park one day and i was skeptical and i told him i was like why are you talking to us why <laughs> why are you talking to us and i understand you know they're human beings but as a whole i don't trust the police i don't trust you i don't trust your motives most of you i, I and right, it's a system. like if you
1: think about these things systemically like you know, the system is mm-hmm. flawed, and and good intentions within a bad system, and is, it, and has been proven to be like you know, just as lethal. And it doesn't <laughs> as, take
2: as it doesn't take like a critical mass either. I, I was just reading. There's a NYPD officer who is a detective, who they're about to vacate two hundred convictions because he lied in drug mm. cases. In Virginia, there's wow. another officer. They're vacating four hundred convictions because he was pulling random people over and planning drugs on them. Of course he was. Cause it's Virginia. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a vendetta.
1: <laughs> that scares me though, because I had a, I was telling my friend because and oddly enough, cause this is a thing. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's trippy that this is a, a trend, but like I saw on Facebook, people were like posting like, you know, post your story the last time you got stopped by police oh, yeah. and like you know were you scared and it was literally mm-hmm. hundreds of comments right and so I was in Virginia one time i I was driving to Nashville my mom lives in Nashville I was driving from Maryland to Nashville I got pulled over in Virginia my purse is sitting in the passenger seat and it's open right because you know you I got a big auntie purse <laughs> digging in my purse child you know I got do. my snacks All my things, you know, I got my, got to dig down in my bag. So of course the bag, it's a big tote. The bag is open. So the police get out, two cops, Mm -hmm. right? Both sides. They surrounding, you know, looking at my car. The guy on the, on the passenger side looks into my bag and sees my prescriptions and says, are those yours? (laughs) Well, yes, sir. They're in my bag. They are mine. Yeah. That's my name on them. Yes, they are mine. Well, do you have? I said, no, I don't have the written prescription. Do you carry your prescriptions with you? But like, it was like a conversation that we had. And I had to like ease mm-hmm. myself back because, you know, I I could tell my mm-hmm. neck was rolling and I had to kind of get settle myself <laughs> mm-hmm. down. But it tripped me out because I'm just like, <clears throat> like he asked me if he could, like, look at the... At, and I was just like, I don't see why that's necessary. He didn't push the issue. But what if I would have just said, sure? Like, he could have put anything in my little, in my mm-hmm. little uh, vitamin mm-hmm. D. Like, girl...
2: And you'll spend a night in jail, two nights in jail, have to get a lawyer. And, Period. you know, for most people, three nights in jail is a lost job. You are not... You're done. It's a wrap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You don't need a conviction for that and to I change I You ever life.
0: spent the night in... I know you have, direct mm. I know, Kia, I don't even need to ask you that. It's filthy. It's filthy, Kia. <laughs> <laughs> it's filthy
2: <laughs> me and DeRay have, have spent no interest, in, night but different nights for different things however
0: <laughs> it's not anywhere I want to go It is, but I got thing. pulled over yes, with Noah because a, a cop cut me off he cut me off veered in front of me busted a left I honked my horn at him so he's made the block came back and pulled me over you honk your horn at me I said I did he said why I said because you cut me off and I got my kid in the car I was like, "You're driving like a asshole. That's why I honked my horn at you." And he was big upset about it, but had to put. He had to drive off. He had to be like, "All right, you know what? Don't do that again." And I was like, "Your fucking ego. Your fucking <laughs> ego. You can't even take me telling you that you're driving like a dickhead, and I got my seven-year-old in the car. You can't even take me telling you that because that's how you you feel. You have that much power as a human being. It's disgusting." But we could go and bond this all day. Ray, I want to talk to you real nigga shit. Uh, I need to talk. <laughs> These people are going to ask questions. And I want to ask questions in a way that's respectful. um, yeah. But also address things. You know what I'm saying? So it's clear that you bust your ass, right? You're sitting here telling us everything that you do. Everything that Campaign Zero is working on. And I think that anybody who works should be compensated for it. Right? That is just... That's human right. Um, what's your take on how that compensation should be handled? There's a lot of critique within social media. There's a lot of about different things that are going on. I, I'm not asking this right, but I think you understand what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I do think that people, when you work, get paid for it. How do you talk to me?
2: Talk to me and what do you know I'm asking? <laughs> so there are two things. One is, and I say this is, you know, one of the first activists who had a national platform in this moment is that some of it is about what is the visibility I'm always mindful that the visibility is a tool not the end goal
0: mm-hmm.
2: the moment that it mm-hmm. becomes the end goal it like ruins people I've seen it right because people chase mm-hmm. it they want to the I am thankful that I can get into rooms I'm thankful and like that allows me to do really good work so there are places where like they know me from whatever and I can so they'll take a call with me and I'm like, cool. And then I can get in being like, what about those no knocks? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and Mm, it's a tool, (laughs) it is not an end goal. And you know, visibility is an end goal. It destroys you, it eats you. Like that is like a, we've all seen good people go awry. Right? And when I think about the the money piece, um, I can only talk about myself. When I drove to Ferguson, I quit my job with no plan no savings, no retirement. I defaulted on my student loans. And I was sort of like, I'm 27 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll get an, I made 110 at the time. I was like, I'll get another job. Like this is, there are a few times when we can like really stand in our convictions and this is one. So when, uh, Takeda, in the prayer, when you were like, you know, can we sit in our calling? That the idea of like the calling will call, right? That's how you know it's a calling. The mm-hmm. calling will call. Yeah. I was called in that moment. For I was sure. like, you know what? I'll get another job. Mm-hmm. So I like slept in people's basements. Da da da. Like you know, it was a, a journey. But coming there we literally only we only. We had, at least for the first three years, our tax our tax receipts are public, so you can go look yourself. <laughs> down. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. We had an average of a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the whole year. Mm-hmm. I took my first mm-hmm. salary this year, and I say that because I'm also mindful that like how we compensate ourselves, like the only, the reason why there is any money that we have is because people died and I responded to it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do think mm-hmm. there's a responsibility in that to be like a good shepherd of it, to like. Mm-hmm no i don't need to like eat from scraps but i but like i'm not convinced that like this money needs to be the money that allows me to like eat at the chateau mama every day Mm -hmm, right like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that something about that doesn't feel like the spirit of like how we you don't know me because i was a good teacher i was a very good teacher but that's like not why people know me in this moment you know what i mean so i do feel like And I know that there are a ton of activists who are really scraping, they are scraping Mm -hmm. two pennies together. Mm -hmm. And I was one of them who Mm -hmm. was like, hey, can I stay at your house? (laughs) That's actually, that was one of my favorite Beyonce stories. When I used to come to New York, like when you got married, Mm -hmm. I had nowhere to go. I would come in for a meeting or to meet with organizers and just be like in people's apartments. And when I met her, she was like, if you ever need somewhere to work? Come by my office. So mm. I would be at the office. She was putting lemonade together. One night, I left at 10 o'clock at night, be and like the video people were in the back. I'm like, I'm leaving Beyonce. She's like, see you later. Like, I would, because I just needed better
0: like a pl- flex on us, nigga. No, it
2: just, <laughs> it was, she was, I love <laughs> it. But I just, I didn't have anywhere. I had nowhere to go. Yeah. I know, you know, like, and there were so many people like her and so many people like Ryan, people who like, I slept on their couches when I came to New York. I didn't mm-hmm. have anywhere to go, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's weird that, like, people are now starting to be, this idea that we should be compensated as if, I don't know, I, it is, there's, like, an ickiness about it that I'm like, No, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think that's why I was like, I want to be clear. It's not realistic. And this is for people listening as well. You know, it's not realistic to ever look at somebody. And just because you know who they are, for you to, to just put it out there like, well, I don't think they need to be getting paid. What they, you know, they don't need to be getting paid. They're supposed to be doing this work on. Well, then how are niggas supposed to eat? How are they supposed to clothe themselves? How are they supposed to put a roof over their heads? Um, but then there is some extremism as well. Um, obviously, you know that that is not across the board, and you can only speak to your personal experience. But there's some extremism, and I think that puts things in a bad light where people start to, and then also you know the internet loves to run their fucking jibs, let's be clear, like Mm -hmm. that's what they like to do. So I think it's important that we have these conversations because I don't think somebody who is putting in work for hours upon hours a day, a week, and they're doing all these things should be scraping two pennies together. I don't think that they also maybe should have a landing strip, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So we need to figure out the, (laughs) I just wanted to talk about the balance of that and get an honest yeah. assessment from you. No, on. I,
1: I love that. And I love what you said about the tool versus the end goal, right? Because I think that that's something Absolutely. that is a lens that can be applied across all kinds of things, right? And just this internet stuff regardless, right? And so I it resonated with me because, you know, even in something as small as like, you know, people get hung up on titles, right? The whole, like, and I say all the time, the Dr. Kia thing, like, I didn't, I didn't get a PhD so y'all can call me Dr. Kia. I got a PhD because there was work that needed to be done. Just so happens that I needed to have this particular credential to have access to the tables and the seats where these things were being discussed. And that is why. So I don't get hung up. But, you know, there are people out here not knocking anybody's hustle, right? But there are people out here who are now teaching classes of how to do this and that and everything. I want to be a coach so that you can be the next doctor somebody. And it's like, you know, the tool versus the end goal. It's like, you know, the, everything. I think we should all, like, I think that's so so useful in looking at a lot oh, yeah, of different absolutely. things, right? You did that. You are, you was a good teacher. <laughs> that was a tool. I love that. I know
0: you but also the <laughs> access is important, like you said, DeRay, because getting into those spaces, it's like, oh, DeRay's at the Vanity Fair party. I'm just making something up it's good if you get up in there and you be like all right my nigga so what's going on with it like we need people in literally those places at the baby party that.
2: i was at the baby fair parties the dinner before is literally only 50 people mm-hmm. and i'm like the man who like owned the la times i'm like hey how about that policing cover you know like that's what i'm doing in the room because i'm what like what hey need can that. we because like i think when we talk about activism more broadly
1: it it does not like there are activists who go down to the protest right and then there are activists who use what access to power and influence and resources that they have to be in the right place at the right time? And I think all of these things have to be working in order for us to really affect real change and transformation. I will say the, it can't just be. All.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And Jade, I will say, and, and to get to you, is that I, I think the other part, and this is I think uncomfortable for people in my position, mm-hmm. is that you should be able to ask us what the work is, right? Yes. So if mm-hmm. I think I should make $400,000, you should say, "Derewa, well, what's the work you do that justifies? Like,
1: mm-hmm. like, if
2: I'm doing this in the spirit of community, then like there should be an accounting for the work. Right. right? And it shouldn't be like, I'm just a good guy. And, I, you know, I did, <laughs> I was in the protest before. Like there should be like a, in the same way that you would like your teacher teaches your kid and it's not enough that like, she showed up as a good person. You're like, right. well, did my kid learn or not? You know right. what I mean? Like, right. Yes. So I, I, yes. I, I think that I, I see some job description. Yeah, I see some of that sort of missing in the movement. People sort of do the, like, well, they did a good job. They all, and you're like, well, what is the work, right? What's mm-hmm. the work that like mm-hmm. you are doing that like justifies the blah, 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 especially cause this is like, this isn't government money. This is our cousins donated this money to us. You know what right. I mean? Right. Absolutely, which
0: is why you know you have, um, um, you have Tamir Rice's mother who was very upset. You know what I'm saying, and I know, uh, I it it would be frustrating when you're already dealing with such a an emotional heavy burden that you didn't ask for, nor do you deserve, to then see your son used for certain things. I think that speaks differently though, because. I'm not going up and having meetings with police unions. You ain't going to see. I'm not, I'm not doing all of that. And I think, I think there's issues on both sides of things. You've got people who place a judgment and they go, okay, well, you're doing good work, which, you know, you're not really looking into that. And then you've got other people go, well, they just out here with signs and marching. So why the hell should they be blah, blah, blah. I, that's why I think we need to have those honest conversations. And then you've got people who pop up multiple people who pop up where funny money shit is happening or it looks like funny money shit is happening and so like you said if these are their cousin's dollars there needs to be a certain level of transparency so that people can kind of understand what's really going on because somebody like myself i'm like all right so give me the real nigga breakdown of what campaign zero is i just want to know you know what i'm saying Am I saying anything? And you should be able to go see our
2: <laughs> 990s, right? You shouldn't have to believe me about how we spend it. You should just, mm-hmm. we don't have a fiscal sponsor. We're not hiding the money in a thing. You'll be able to see it yourself, mm-hmm. right? So when people used to ask me, like, how did you, I don't, go look at the tax receipt. Like, that's mm-hmm. not, I didn't hide it, right? Mm-hmm. And you think about Tamir Rice's mom, but you think about, like, the thousands of other parents who their kid's killing never For made sure. the news, right? You right. think about those, like. Exactly. Yeah, I even think about, I got a, so I used to teach 6th grade math in East New York. One of my students, she called me and she was like, Mr. McKesson, my baby father was killed by the police less uh like last winter. You don't know her mother right you don't know his name right, right? like you think about there a set of parents that like we all know them. we all know their kid's name. Mm-hmm. you think about the masses of cousins you know so when we think about the impact of police violence it's like not just that you know you know mm-hmm. all y'all are in families mm-hmm. it's like the cousins the next door neighbor all like the trauma that that puts in community yeah. that like we don't For sure you know like i don't know so i get I, it makes me sad i'm like whoo this is a lot
0: no but that's a good point though because that's something that we don't think about on, on a normal when you see these things arise in the news and you see them arise in the media it, that's a very valid point. There are tons of other parents who don't have that transparency. There's Nobody knows what happened to their family, and they're just kind of left to their own devices. So I think all of thing, these conversations are important to be had. My bad. Go ahead.
2: No, no, no. You're right. And I would say that one of the things, you know, I also, last time I got dragged into this, like, reform versus abolition as if I was some big, like, you know, the police are okay. But I would ask people, like, do you believe in the end of uh, solitary confinement? Hmm. Do you believe in the end of solitary confinement? Like, should we lock people up for 23 hours and let them out for one? No. 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 The end of solitary confinement, though, is not the end of incarceration. That doesn't make the end of solitary confinement a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But people sort of pit these things against each other, and Mm -hmm. you're like, no, we should end solitary confinement. We should not put people in a cage for 23 hours and let them out for one hour. Now, ending that does not let people out of prison. It doesn't. No. But that doesn't make it a bad thing, right? And, and right. some of the Internet rhetoric is like, well, if you do the thing that's like reform, if it's not total abolition tomorrow, then it's not, and you're like, that's, that's not reasonable. real. People don't. That's not real. You know, and what we
1: and I mean, thinking about change and transformation and how change works, that's not how like it's, it doesn't happen. Like nothing happens like flipping the switch on and yes. right. Nothing. And what we would all, what we say
2: as organizers is that one is the biggest number. That one mm-hmm. is the biggest number when one is your daughter. When one is your sister, when one is your mm-hmm. brother, one's a big number. Mm-hmm. So if they're not in, in solitary confinement today, that's the biggest thing in your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If this sure. change helps sure. save that person, like when one is Noah, one is the biggest number you have. You know what I mean? The biggest yeah. number. And the internet the has like number. convinced people that like a thousand did it, it took one white kid to go missing and we got Amber Alerts. It mm-hmm. took one white kid to go mm-hmm. missing and we got kids on milk cartons. Mm-hmm. But for black and brown and poor people, it's always a million. You're like, no, one is actually the biggest number. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh my goodness,
1: that was heavy. We could literally go but that's on forever
2: so true. with this, honestly.
1: But it's good to be here. I would have, I would have, I would want to ask you this, just in in just you as a person, you mm-hmm. as my friend. How how do you take care oh, of yourself? Oh, I had that question too. Doing this work, <laughs> what is what is your what are your what are the ways that you? Do you have any like systems or even just not even systems? Because that would like you know, that's kind of a high, high pressure, right? That doesn't mean you have to do certain things a certain kind of way. But what do you do to take care of yourself and sustain yourself in doing this important work?
2: I think honestly, you know, I will give you a real example that today was a hard day and just cause it was like one of those days where like I didn't win and today didn't win, mm-hmm. but we definitely had a draw right? mm-hmm. and right. I, my coping, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I've never drank or drunk, but my uh, my coping mechanism is to lay down. I'm just like, I need 10 minutes. And today was yes. hard. So when I, when I came to record, I was like, okay, last thing to like just get the spirit. And then when we prayed, it was like one of those things where it was like, God, you all right. You know, like you just, yeah. and I say yeah. that like, I have been so lucky to be around great people. Like that is the thing that, and like, this was just a reminder. And what I what I tell myself is that uh, about the work that I do is that I know that the end will come.
0: Mm-hmm. I will not be
2: here forever. And by the time that time comes, I want to know that I fought as hard as I could for black people and I never lost my joy in those moments. Like I wanna know mm-hmm. that like with the last breath I took, like that was my commitment, you know? And I carry that with me every day and it keeps me grounded. It keeps me saying that like the end will come and I will do these things before that moment, you know? And I am yeah. blessed to be around like just good people. And this was just a reminder of like, I haven't prayed with other people in so long. Um, and I'll never forget during the protest, I was on a plane once and this white guy was getting off the plane and he's like, are you duress? are you in the news? And I was like, yeah. And he said, we're in the middle of an airport. He goes, can I pray over you? And in the middle of the Jesus. airport, this man prays over me. And then I was in Union Station like a month later and there was all these black women getting off the train. And they was like, you that boy were in to protest? And I was like, yeah. And this group of black women just built a circle around me and prayed. And it was like, you know, this idea of like, your calling will call. Like, I just, yeah, I didn't, uh, that was a cool phrase to me before the protests. And then I was like, God, I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, back story. So
1: like, before we recorded, I was a shambles. Right, because- like the Ray, I have had a day. I've actually had a weekend and my spirit was feeling pulled, like literally like pulled out. Like it was trying to get out of outside of my body, but I know that I have work to do. And so Jay knows me well and she knows when I need, when I'm when I'm feeling that way, she suggested that we pray, and I was afraid to pray because I was gonna cry because I just know me, y'all know me, I cry all over this show every every week, just about. But um, I am I'm grateful that in 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 these moments, right? I, I think that that all speaks to our humanity, right? But and and that we need sometimes to just connect to something that is bigger than us. And it it really does my heart good that people recognize that you know absolutely, Um, and it's everywhere. I just love that you know Dmx, everyone. I just feel like Dmx got the whole world. Really is. I love. I have a question for y'all too, though.
2: Yes. Okay. This is one that we ask on that I ask on the podcast every week um, is what's a piece of advice that you've gotten over the years that you'll never forget.
0: Hmm. Oh.
2: Um. I wouldn't I don't know if it's advice.
0: It was just kinda something I heard and then I've been really, really intentionally trying to apply it. It's in in how I raised Noah. Um, and it seemed like something so small, but it's actually so big. When she does something, um and she's really proud of it, instead of just telling her I'm proud of her, I ask her every time, Is she proud of herself? Um because <laughs> I'm like I, I want you to know that I'm proud of you, but I don't want you to seek that from me. I want you to first have the instinct to be proud of yourself. And so I'm not the warmest mom in the world, and I'm not the warmest person, uh, but I do try little things like that to build her up as what a person. She say? She does. She's very proud of herself every time. She always answered it yes okay. but I, I don't, <laughs> she doesn't know why I'm doing that but I know why I'm doing that and I that's hope cool. that and it, it makes a difference in how she feels about herself and her affirming herself growing up.
2: I love it. Thank I love you.
1: that. Oh, that's so good. Um, I was told early on in my uh, graduate studies that um. There was no pressure in my own lane. There, there's lots of pressure in the academy and everywhere else for you to sort of like be like the chosen people. Um, but, you know, there's no pressure in your lane. Can't nobody beat me being me? And as, far, as long as I commit to showing up as, in myself in every space, then that takes the pressure off of me. And believing that I'm equipped to be in every room that I am called to be in. That I you know, if I am I'm, I'm a woman of faith, I believe that God's order my steps everywhere I end up, I belong there. And so I just have to show up and be Kia and I don't have to be anybody else. And I can be all of Kia. I don't have to put certain pieces of Kia down um at any point. So there's no pressure in your own
2: there's lane is no the pressure. best advice. I no I'm gonna take Are you proud of you boo? Yes, go ahead. Are you proud of are my you last, proud last of question yourself, is you know, and in elementary school, we, um, so we don't do negatives and positives or, or deltas and pluses because it's too much. And maybe you, maybe, no, it does this, but we do glows and grows. Do you know glows and grows? No. So mm. that's like a, a glow is a good thing and mm-hmm. a grow is something you're working on. Mm-hmm. And today I was actually having, there's somebody I'm talking to and uh, we were, I had a tough conversation this morning with somebody work and and I was reflecting on it and I was like you know I walked away from that conversation being like my grow is that I'm very good at help I know what the end looks like I'm not always good at helping people see that I give them a task and I know how it builds to the end mm-hmm. I'm not always good at helping them see how I build like I'm just like just go do the thing and, and you'll like get it right and I my my grow is like my glow is that I know the end but my grow is that I need to actually help people I need to be more intentional about that mm-hmm. so I'd ask you like what what's a glow and grow that you are that like what's a glow grow that you're working on like a glow something you're good at a grow something you're you need to you need to grow in i uh
0: i think oh, my go glow ahead, is uh-huh, oh glow is i went first last time
1: my glow is that i have a natural uh tendency to help i i i get joy from helping um and you know it's a good day when I feel like I have helped somebody. Um, and I think I got that from my grandfather who is the kind of guy who like, if my grandfather is walking down the street and he sees your meat about to run out, he'll put a quarter. Go ahead, grandpa. So oh, he's the, best. <laughs> so I, I have always, I've, I just, I feel like, and he's taught me like when I'm feeling down to serve, right. Cause that helps me to fill feel, feel me back, fill me back up. That's my, that's my glow. My grow is, um, You know, my I tend to internalize other people's stuff and make make other people's issue my issue, and um, that's a really something that I'm working on. Um, Because I and I'm just trying to remember that you know there's nothing wasted. I mean, thinking about like you know situations and people fall apart. I often sit and think all the time that I wasted. I helped this person so much. Blah 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 blah. Nothing wasted. But remembering that. that. nothing is wasted nothing is wasted I didn't lose anything in helping that person and so I'm just being who I am and so that that's always a win so that's a, a area of growth I'm working on is not internalizing and, and taking on other people's stuff let's
0: do it what's a glow
1: I can cook my motherfucking ass off <laughs>
0: <That's it? laughs> and I can make a drink I know how there to work is. with an herb I'll tell you that anything that comes you from the earth fight. I know how to work okay. with it um my grow my diatomaceous earth that's right sis (laughs) (laughs) um my grow is that uh i need to work on my patience i'm working i'm i'm working on my patience and i'm working on um trusting no seeing that my life is 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 headed in a good direction and that that will pay off but trusting and not having anxiety about what's going to come next as opposed to just being in the moment, being in the experience, and allowing things to continue to happen as they will because that's how they've done. So kind of just letting that bit of anxiety as to, okay, what's the next thing? Kind of letting that go. And um, and just trusting that it's, it's, it's going to happen because it's happened already. Uh, and also my patience because I am not patient. <laughs>
2: I love it. Well, I won't ask anybody. What's The red. I did mine. Oh, yeah, you did. I did mine. Oh, yeah, you did did (laughs) yours. I'm sorry. Especially because, you know, uh, what what I found too, especially with the dolls, is that the glow and grow is a, uh, it feels safer for people. Mm -hmm. Like, than like, what do you, what are you fixing in your, like, whatever. There are a lot of ways yeah. that people get really defensive when you ask the same spirit of the question, right. but the glow and grow, you're like, this is right. my glow. This is, it works with elementary school <laughs> students too. That's why we do it with them.
0: <laughs> I know, but these it's are so such good. like basic so things that work with human beings in general. I'm yeah. going to actually work on that with Noah. They don't do report cards at her school. Actually, they don't do report yeah. cards. They do narrative <laughs> reports. So they tell you how the kids are developing socially, how they're oh, developing academically. Oh feedback. yeah, nah, like they'd be breaking it down and then they got to do a little dissertation when they graduate, it's a whole thing, it's cute. It's cute. Oh, I love it.
2: So precious. And that's, what we, you know, um, that's what we say about uh, what we say in teaching, right? Is that like, we remind people that all the best players have coaches, right? that mm-hmm. feedback is like the only way you get better that's like it you know and like when i was a teacher we didn't have grades because my me. kids were, were stressed out when they would get number grades mm-hmm. but we'd circle everything they got wrong i taught math and it was like there is an answer like mm-hmm. this is not a lot of interpretation and i would just circle mm-hmm. the things they got wrong and that was like a that was like an easy way for us to like you didn't get a grade but it was like this isn't right go fix it we'll do it again you know um, but that really changed my life this idea that all the best players have coaches was like a big deal like i was like yes I need all the feedback I get. I don't have to take all the feedback, but I need to get the feedback, you know? Absolutely. There is no shame in it. There is no
1: change without Mm -hmm. feedback. Yeah, there's no change without feedback. That's a major fight that I have at work, right? Because, I mean, people do all of these, and education is a place where people do all of these reports, right? And the reports live in a binder on the superintendent's shelf, never to be opened Mm -hmm. again, right? And so how do we translate some of this, feedback right some of this go out like do we know programs are they working yes right. but how and why right and why not but yes i love that the glow and grow i'm taking that with me thank you so much i put it in my big okay. auntie purse the it has it been a really joy has. you're always such a joy
2: thank you this was great uh thank y'all and i uh i always am i being like i consider you a friend of the pot i'm about to do that to y'all this is your podcast <laughs> but it, was, it <laughs> yeah. was good to be here thank you for the invite and this was this really like uh, gave my spirit the picker upper I needed because uh, you know I can firmly say that today did not win. Today did not win. That's and okay. I Appreciate y'all so Me thank neither. you.
0: That's all right. Every day and going thank to, you. but we
2: appreciate your energy yeah. here too
0: because it wasn't just us. You were. Yes. We appreciate you being here. You know you welcome back
2: anytime. Um Absolutely. And tell the people where to find you, even though they already know. I'm Deray on Twitter, D-E-R-E-Y, and then on Instagram I'm. I, I'm, I am DeRay, uh on Instagram. It's funny, Deree Davis and I get confused for each other a lot. And I posted this—I um, <laughs> posted this Instagram, this reel of me uh, roller skating, and I didn't have pads on. I definitely fell at the—I cut off the fall, but I was. Like, oh. <laughs> and he writes on the thing. He's like, "Please put some pads on because when you get hurt, I'm gonna get all these messages." And <laughs> <I got> it. <laughs> like he got killed on some show. People are texting because our name trended. So I get I get all these calls being like, "Are you okay?" And then when I got arrested, it was just it just said "deray." So he got all these calls being like, "Are you in jail?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really Instagram. What was the, it? The Snowfall funny, outside Bramley. Yeah, was, I think it was Snowball. He he got killed on something, and then it was like, or even the craziest. He sent me a video. We know each other. He sends me a video of uh, he he goes to a hotel, and you know how your name comes up on like on the thing. Mm-hmm. It is my name in his mm-hmm. room. I'm dying. <laughs> and then I get a Christmas card to like my house for him. I'm like, this is, that so, is hilarious. We've had a, <laughs> we're strange. We've had a good, a good run. Follow. Yes.
1: And also we're going to put all the information for uh campaign yes. zero in the description box. Some people to check out campaign zeros, uh social media, but also their website. There's lots of awesome reports and ways to get connected. If you want to be a part, I saw, I saw um, you tweeted a a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago about how people could get involved in... Police unions. You know, doing some of the... Yes, the data analysis work that you guys are doing. And I think that that is an awesome way for folks who are itching to get um, involved. That's a great way to uh, lend your time and talent. So please, please, please uh, check out the description box. We'll put all that information in there. D-Ray, we we love love you. you. We're praying for you always. Love y'all. See you later. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 This episode is sponsored by SESH. That's S-E-S-H. Traditional therapy can be expensive, and to many of us, it's inaccessible. SESH is an app offering a safe space for group support where you can connect with other people, all led by licensed expert therapists. Each SESH is a 60-minute online support group with a maximum of 14 participants, and it's only $60 per month for unlimited group sessions with licensed therapists. There are sessions for everything from living with anxiety or depression, coping with COVID to body image, postpartum, and much more. SESH also offers community-specific support for Black, Latinx, LGBTQIA+, the AAPI community, and more. That's a cost-effective way to meet your mental health goals. Oprah Magazine named SESH a top virtual mental health resource It was the most affordable option on the list and it's recommended by top mental health experts. Each new user receives a free two-week trial. Take the first step and go to seshtherapy.com today or download the SESH app in the App Store. Again, that's S-E-S-H therapy.com. SESH is mental health care made easy and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. 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 Honestly, truly.
0: Ugh, what an awesome kitchen table talk so so good so so good shout out to Deray. now we have a honesty box to get into so let's do that let's do sis, it sis do you want to give our listener a pseudonym
1: let's is it a i need some pronouns oh i believe it's she, she okay her. um let's call her ambrosia
0: ambrosia that's how much i feel (laughs) feel for you baby okay um ambrosia writes hello jade and kia first off i want to express my deepest appreciation for you two in this podcast i found you ladies last spring when we first went into quarantine and you have become a highlight of my week ever since shout out to you Mm -hmm. The advice I am asking for today is on behalf of my mother, who is also my best friend and the person I love the most in this world. My mother's older sister, my aunt, lives alone in another state and calls my mom frequently to vent out her week. My aunt, even before COVID, has always been very self-isolating. Although she is a beautiful, goofy, smart woman... She is very stubborn, has no patience for the follies of others, and is suspicious of people's intentions, and therefore her friendships do not last, and she refuses to even entertain the idea of dating. Mm. I am all for being independent, but my aunt doesn't really have her other life-fulfilling practices, uh, church, running, knitting, what what have you, beyond her job that she hates, and sleeping, watching TV on the weekend, especially during COVID. My mother and I have always been concerned, but even more so now we worry COVID has driven my aunt even further into her self-isolating habits, and it's causing some depression. However, my main concern today is for my mom. She is the sole person my aunt does open up to, and as a result, her phone conversations with my aunt equates to a three-hour-long one-sided vent of all my aunt's frustrations at her job, her insecurities, and her problems. As a patient Pisces, my mother is very gracious, especially since she knows my aunt has no one else to talk to and their relationship hasn't always been close, most perpetuated by my aunt. However, my mother was recently notified that she will be getting laid off from her job, and whenever she tries to reach out to my aunt and express her actually happening to me right now worries and feelings, the conversation still winds up going back to my aunt. Mm. It started to wear on my mom. I want my mom to confront her about this selfish behavior, but I also understand my mom's worry that my aunt will probably not respond well and even further isolate herself. What do you think she should do? Thank you, Ambrosia.
1: Wow. Hmm. So, okay, let me just, you know, I need to recap. <laughs> let yeah. me
2: just make sure.
1: That's all right. That's all right. Uh, Auntie is a hermit yeah and the the covenacea the covenacea yeah the pendejo has exacerbated yes the Mm self-isolation and so is mom concerned and yes
0: mother is concerned about the behavior but more than anything ambrosia is concerned for mom because mom mom is a safe space for aunt but mother is now exhausted of aunt's constant um uh, one sided conversations, mm-hmm. selfish conversations,
1: mm-hmm. draining conversations. <laughs> okay. So is it about I just wanna figure out what like are we are we are are we advising ambrosia on how to help mom?
0: yeah she said what do you think she should do i mean i have many responses here okay I mean, you start and like, maybe i'll
1: jump in because i'm like this is an onion this is an onion. yeah that's what i'm like i just trying to figure out exactly where i'm supposed to fit in here but please
0: so ambrosia you started listening to us top of last year top of quarantine so i think you know us pretty well by now so you know when we say things we say them with love my first like initial initial thought is well, technically it's not your business uh, <laughs> um and I say that with love. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of times where we love people and we want to jump in in ways, but it's just it's just literally not our place to do so. Mm. And even if your mother is venting to you, in all honesty, at this point, no matter what the outcome is, your mom's got to, she's got to establish her own boundaries. With her and She's sister. got to, yeah, and hold those in place. And as much as you want to help her in that area, that is something she has to do for herself. She's gotta grow so tired of this that she doesn't wanna deal with this anymore. You know what I'm saying? Or finds a way in order to nip it in the bud. And uh, before I pass it over to Kia, if I may reference an episode we had a few years back, it was about having difficult conversations. Mm. And in that episode, we spoke about how you cannot control the outcome of a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But does that mean that you don't, you don't say how you feel? That does that make your feelings any less valid? It doesn't. And so your mom, you know, has to come to a place where she is okay with however the outcome of that conversation may be because she can't control your aunt, but she's gotta get to a point where she establishes her boundaries with your aunt in this way. But unfortunately, there's not really a whole lot you can do to do this for her. This is her work.
1: Right. Which was where I was going to say, like, you know, as daughters, um, especially, you know, as our moms get older and we become more, I guess, uh, confident in our adulthood. It is, you know, we, we want to be advocates and protectors for our for our parents. That's a very fair and reasonable Thing um, I feel like, but to me, when I'm hearing when I read your letter, well, well, hearing your letter, I was just thinking like, you know, I wasn't. Is my my advice? I say it like this: is I would invest my time into to figuring out how to best support my mom. Um, And working with my mom, maybe you could be uh, a sounding board or some perspective for your mom to help her kind of figure out how she's going to manage this or manage herself Mm -hmm. as it relates to this. Um, Because I would not advise you getting in in between your mom and your aunt um, in any way. Oh, well, Um, it doesn't
0: sound. okay. well, I will say it doesn't sound like she's going to do that. She did say, what do you think she should do?
1: Right. Um, no, I'm just saying. You know, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah I, I know that she wasn't plan. Uh, well, she didn't say that she was planning to do that, but just generally speaking, like you know, um, just saying like the 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 sister relationship between your mother right. and your and, and her and her sister, your aunt, is something you know I would be respe- respectful of, and I mean even when I in my in my discussions with my own when my mom asked me advice about how she should handle things with her sisters and I'm very conscious Mm -hmm. about the ways in which I you know engage her because it's like am I engaging you as your daughter because you know I'm on your side you know or do you need me to be a third party here and just sort of you know so there's just being just being conscious of how you handle this is is I guess my advice but I mean it's I feel, I, I, I don't know if I'm, if, if I'm being helpful, but this is a lot going on. um, And I'm, I'm no, grateful you- that you, <laughs> that you are, are, you know, an avid listener and you think that Jaden and I can speak to this situation, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little stumped with this one.
0: It, no, I think you. Ha- I think you answered it right. I think the best thing, like he has said, is that you be a, a sounding board for your mother. Now it sounds like you kind of are, which mm-hmm. is why she's speaking to you about these things and maybe just sharing some perspective on, you know, having conversations that are not the easiest to be had. I know a lot of times, you know, we 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 both have parents that have siblings My and word. siblings of all ages have have tiffs and riffs and as you get older you really start to get into as you can see the ins and outs of your parents coming to you as their friends like let me tell you what this bitch exactly. <laughs> you know it's hard because then this is like your aunt you grew up with but then you recognize them as a human and right. you know where they fucking up but i think it's yes i think the best thing is for you to be a sounding board for your mother and share you know maybe that is some perspective for her maybe she my ma, have a conversation with your sister. You're not going to be able to control how that how that conversation turns out, but this is not serving you. Period. This, like, listening to her go on and on for three hours and doing nothing but draining your titties dry. <laughs> and maybe that will offer some perspective, but we do hope that there's some resolve. And please keep us updated. Please. Um, please keep us updated, Ambrosia. We appreciate all of your support. And continue to send your honesty box questions to get grown podcast at gmail.com. Let's get into this black woman self-care, black person self-care.
1: For sure. I deserve, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Black woman self-care time. Um, so in black woman self-care. I have f- figured out a hack. So I have been trying to be more diligent around using. Uh, working out being more consistent trying to do something every day i've been going to orange three for a while now and i go like you know three four times a week um and on my off days in addition to sort of rest and recuperation because that is also a part of the process i've been trying to you know find a way to do something low impact using the peloton in the house um and so i have been uh getting a little bit more comfortable on the Peloton. It's taking me a little time to get acclimated mm-hmm. into her, but we are getting there. <laughs> and um, I will say that I found, I, I guess, I think what what has um, helped me, I've gotten, in Orange Theory, I've gotten very used to using the uh, heart rate monitor to kind of mm. like track my progress and see how much calories I burn. That is something that I've learned has been a motivation for me. And so I don't have the Peloton heart rate monitor. Um, and I've been thinking about buying it. But I also saw one of um, somebody listens to the show. We've become friends on Instagram. Her name is Run Girl PhD. She shared that she hey. found a hack, right? There's a there's an app called HeartCast where you can literally okay. like cast. You can you can sync your. using the heart rate monitor on your apple watch you can sync that to your phone and your phone will cast that to the peloton it's a kind of a workaround but it is you know something i can use in the interim of actually getting my peloton um heart rate monitor but it's something that i had i used for the first time and it's helped me um because it really actually shows me you know how much energy i'm exerting it helps me to sort of like train and learn how to maximize my workout on the bike. So that is what I've been doing in black Women self-care, trying to commit to getting on the bike at least four to five times a week, if possible. And the heart rate monitor has been helping me, you know, nothing extraneous. I don't do any more than 30 minutes. Um, at least not right now. So I'll do a 15 minute workout, a 20 minute ride a 30 minute or something like that. Um, and then, you know, just sort of like tracking that and, you know, just getting as I'm getting acclimated to using, because you know like we talked about spinning mm-hmm. is a different it's an acquired taste so I'm getting into it slowly <sighs> but surely spinning. but my big booty girl <laughs> seat is really working out so I'm really grateful
0: oh for that. you got one mm-hmm, 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 it mm-hmm. feels nice it does it does see if I could carry that to the spin maybe, <laughs> maybe. no I still wouldn't stand a chance it still didn't stand a chance <laughs> I actually like to just put on my sneakers and go walking around Brooklyn wherever I need to go
1: it's important
0: and, you know, I'll put Jenny Mai's husband in my headphones and just <laughs> book it. Um, my black woman's self-care this week. So I think I maybe I've spoken about this. I, 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 I think I touched on in the kitchen table talk. I don't know. Um, you know, I I have been when I've been having feelings of anxiety or overthinking, you know, I've been working diligently to uh Work against those. So, like when I'm, you know, doing my meditations or my affirmations or whatever to release things that are not useful to me, such as like these anxieties, these worries, these doubts, and so forth, I'm really trying to put that into practice. And so, my Black Woman Self Care this week is that it's really intentionally trying to put that into practice. Whenever I have a feeling that pops up like that, I remind myself. I think the meditations are helping, my meditations and prayers are helping me um to be more uh cognizant of it when it comes up. And so that is part of my self care, right? This is like work for me. This is things that I have to work on that I have to do is releasing some of that that anxiety. And so I'm working on that. And mm-hmm. I, I find myself um being reminded more and more often as it comes up that it's coming up and to chill the fuck out. And I'm really loving seeing some things, you know, when you start seeing a little progress in like the, the internal work that you're doing, it's a, it's a glimmer of hope. Mm. It's like, Oh, the trade may not hit me. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that's my black woman self care this week.
1: Important.
0: Very important. Thank you so much. And now I'd like to fight against all of that and talk about petty peeves let's head over there all right and i want to be very responsible of the things i say to my sister because everybody know i can be real petty p-e to the t-t-y honey, honey.
1: all right i'm gonna talk about my glasses and so <laughs> <laughs> i don't enjoy the eye doctor i am an achiever I, I test well, and the eye doctor is a place where I do not test well, and that causes me great stress and strain. Mm. You know, everybody in my family is nearsighted. You know, we nobody really has good eyes, you know. We all have some sort of glasses or contact lens or assistance in, in the vision department, so I, I know what I'm up against. But the doctor's office, the eye doctor especially, is just a stressful time, right? They're always telling you to calm down while blowing things into your eyeballs, telling you not to (laughs) blink. And, you know, I mean, it is just madness. And I'm frustrated when people ask me questions that they know the answer to. And Mm -hmm. that is also, you know, very much a part of the eye doctor going experience. like, can you read that line? No, girl. You know that I can't read that. <laughs> so why are you asking me if I can read it? I cannot read it. You took my glasses. So how do you expect me to read it? And then it's well, always stressful. Which one is better? Number one, number two. Okay, number two. Okay, number two. Okay, number two or number three? I was like, girl, I don't see. Okay, we're talking. Nothing's, nothing's
0: more frustrating when than when none of them are better.
1: Right, because I'm just like, since I'm still sweating, <laughs> I'm still squinting. I am still squinting i do not know. And that's the point, right? And so she's telling me, she's telling me that, you know, I recognize. You know, vision is one of those things that, with age, it's just a natural degeneration. It happens, okay. and I don't know that I'm a candidate for the for the, um, laces because I have an astigmatism and all of these other issues, right? So, mm-hmm. the thing about it is, she's like, you have an astigmatism. And you're not quite 40, but you're just right there at 40. And so you are on your way into the land of bifocals, but you're not quite there just yet. And so she was thinking about, she was like, we can do like a multifocal contact lens, or we can do a contact for your astigmatism. And I'm like, well, I have both issues. So you asking me to choose? And she was like, yeah, because you can't really have both. So she's like, essentially what I'm saying is you're not going to really be able to see Period. So, but it's like, wow, which one? And I'm just like, wow, this is so great. She was like, okay, mm, so we'll get you the justice. astigmatism one. And she was like, you know, what I will say is I'll prescribe that you will wear readers over your contacts. So I'm like, so what you're saying is my glasses need glasses. Need glasses. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I'm processing all of this information. And, you know, eyeglasses and contact lenses these things cost millions of dollars. Like it's not, we're yeah. not talking about a little bit. We're not talking about little bits of money. So, and, and of course, because of the coverage, you got to choose. You can't get glasses and, and contacts. You either going to have to pay out of pocket for one or the other. So, yeah. um, I'm like, all right, so I'm gonna get the contact and now I got to pay out of pocket for now for my glasses and then my glasses, glasses. Okay. Bet. So yes, I'm, I'm, I am talking about adulting. My eyes are aging. And it's really taking all the money in my pockets, but I'm grateful for insurance. I'm grateful for flex spending accounts. I'm grateful wow. that I'm able to do the things that I need to do in order to, to see, um, I'm going to go ahead and order these glasses for my glasses. And we are just going to keep on, keep on pushing, keep on moving. Don't stop. Whoa. all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Best to uh, uh-huh. I
0: went to the eye doctor the other day too. I It'd been so long since I've been, they did all kinds of new stuff that I wasn't, I said, when y'all start putting gel on people's eyeballs and stuff, it's so I wasn't niche. even, it's so I didn't, it niche. was so many things. It was four tests. They did that peripheral vision test, mm. which- that
1: which is it, maddening
0: it because is
1: you want to talk about jail anxiety inducing because it's like did i see it i don't know if i saw it. did i blink but it's just like i was like mo- is this the light in my eyeballs I, I literally started yelling and
0: the technician was dying laughing i was like this is like being in jail how long
1: is this test it's so she said, long it's three to
0: five minutes it i said so it's stupid. this is it an
1: eternity i'm like i cannot do this and then like, I mean, I get tired. So, like, of course, the the by the time, in the, the, so they do the right eye first. So she was like, yeah, I can tell in the left eye you just sort of gave up. You were just sort of guessing. And I was like, exactly. that's what she told me to. Because this is madness. You can't expect me to sit here and torture myself
0: like this. I was like, but you got one of my eyes covered. You got me in this all white solitary <laughs> confinement. It looks like when Mike TV shrunk in Willy Wonka, it's the Chocolate dumb. Factory. It's so And he stupid. went inside the TV. It's just, and it's just these little beams of light. I was like, this is literally like being in jail. It's
1: all bad. I hate it. I'm not even going to lie. She hold just me.
0: thought that was the most entertaining thing in the world. It is so That stupid. is not my petty peeve, though. <laughs> um. My petty peeps. So today, you know, I go run a couple of errands after I drop Noah off to Forest School. Oh, and <laughs> that's what they call it. It's outside school. That's um, so I go drop her. So I go run a couple errands, and I happen to pass my homeboy. I'm not gonna say his name. He knows who he is. I'm not gonna. Uh, but I passed him. I'm not. I'm going to protect him just off the strength. Cause it was his coworker actually oh that this petty peeve is about, and I warned him too. I warned him ahead of time. I said, uh, "Your coworker is gonna be my petty peeve." So I'm walking down the street. Oh, my nigga! Da da da! I got my mask on. He doesn't. So of course you don't, y'all know, don't I will shave you publicly. I was like, "Where the hell is your mask?"
1: <laughs> Period. Hello, you doing so well? He was
0: like, "Ah!" He was like, "I got it right here." He was like, "I was just I, since I was walking out in the fresh air, I was like, I don't care, nigga, put it on." So his <laughs> white coworker is gonna is gonna turn to me and go, well, "Who are you, the mask police?" Oh, I'm the mask god. I was. Why are you talking to me? I was like, "Oh, okay." Anyway, back to you. <laughs> so. So my, my petty peeve is for him specifically. I don't know you short man. He looked like George Costanza. I don't know you little small white man for you to be talking to me, asking me if I'm the mask police. Like I said, I am the mask God. Get out of my face mm-hmm. and don't ask me those no stupid ass fucking questions with your teeny ass. Oh, so that was it. I, I had to text my homeboy after. I said, who, who was that man with you? And he just sends me the laughing emoji faces. I said, why was he talking to me? So that's it. Uh-huh. My petty peeve is just for that very small white man in his cigarette who thought it was okay for him to part his lips and speak in my direction. Sir, that's not okay. You got to stop. No, no, don't talk to me no more. Ever again. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> that's it this week. Mm -mm. that is it this week thank you for listening to another episode of getting grown shout out to everybody who has tuned in at one time or another you guys helped this to continue to go and grow um thank you to deray mckesson for showing up deray is always welcome here at the kitchen table and always came with some really important things. Um, and also I hope, you know, with some of our candid conversation, there was a bit of a better understanding. I know people like myself don't always fully know what the hell is going on. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we needed you to break it down in layman's terms. So thank you, Duray, for coming through and, and kind of breaking a little bit down uh, for us here at the kitchen table. But there's that work is so big and so vast that we encourage you to go and check everything out in the description box but in the meantime in between time sister tell them what to do with themselves
1: please continue to moisturize your skin because nobody likes ash no. and moisturize your insides by drinking water um, because you know if you don't do that you will have BO <laughs> <laughs> And remember to moisturize your <laughs> mind by minding the business that pays you and you alone, girl. Okay? Because mm-hmm. your black will crack if it's dry. And and I mean, if your if your if your black is dry, that means if your mind is dry, if your skin is dry, <laughs> if your insides is dry, it will crack. No one has time for that.
0: Like that little white man who was talking to me earlier. Bye. Bye, y'all.